Thank you, Jesus, for air conditioning. I say this every year, but you know, Will, Willis Carrier, who invented air conditioning, I mean, there's the guy that deserves a Nobel Peace Prize, right? My heavens, thank you, Willis. Thank you, brother. Gosh. Many years ago, uh, the author Victor Hugo said this of envy. He used to talk about envy and jealousy in his stories, and he said this of envy. He said, envy, he says, is the religion of those who are not comfortable with themselves. Envy is the religion of those who are not comfortable with themselves. In other words, someone that is not comfortable in their own skin can lead towards envy and jealousy. And he said, he goes on, and he said that envy leaves more wrinkles on the cheeks than age. And he said, as we age, envy actually gets heavier over time. Jealousy, resentment, and envy, it gets heavier over time, and we end up aging twice as fast. If that's true, and personally I believe it's true, if you really want to grow younger, let go of envy. Let it go. It's funny. You know, I remember the first time that I actually was jealous and envious, I was in kindergarten. And I was in lunch in kindergarten, and I'm sitting next to my buddies, and one, on one side of my buddy, he's got a brand new Dukes of Hazard lunchbox. And I was coveting his Dukes of Hazard lunchbox because it had Daisy Duke on the cover. And I was like, you know. So my buddy on this side, he had uh, a big plate of tater tots. So tater tots, lunchbox, tater tots, lunchbox. So I'm scheming in full malice and forethought, right? And fortunately, kids have a very short attention span, so my buddy turns around and he's talking to somebody. I ate all of his tater tots, <laughs> all gone. Um, I have not yet gotten the lunchbox, but there's still time. <laughs> there's still time. So with God, all things are possible. But um, I remember even when I was in kindergarten, wait a minute, my mom taught me that's not, it's not right to steal. I shouldn't want a Daisy Duke lunchbox. I want it, but I shouldn't want it. Right? But I remember even as a young age feeling that way. Relig Envy is the religion of those not comfortable in their own skin. I mean, if we look at the, the Old Testament, for instance, just look at the Old Testament. First book of the Bible, Genesis. Um, who can tell me, who are, the, who are the two sons of Adam and Eve? Cain and Abel, and later Seth. But, so we have Cain and Abel. So who killed who? So Cain kills Abel. Does anybody remember why Cain killed Abel? Jealousy and envy, right? Because Abel offered a, a sacrifice to God, and God was like, good job, buddy. And then his brother, instead of saying, that was awesome, dude, he's threatened by that. 
Instead of celebrating what he's accomplished, he's threatened by that. Because if Cain was more comfortable than in his own skin, he'd be like, rock on, man. And fast forward to about 3,000 years ago, we hear the story of King David. And his boss, of course, is Saul, who's the king. So David is out doing all these things. I mean, he's kicking everybody's, you know what, winning all these battles. And then all of a sudden it says that King David, this young, handsome guy, comes into Jerusalem and it said all the ladies were swooning over him. Like, oh, he's so good looking. Right? <laughs> so Saul hears this and he's immediately threatened by this. Keeping in mind that David is doing all this for his boss, right? So from that point on, Saul is trying to kill David. Have you ever had a boss like this, by the way? You ever had a boss or a mentor that they want you to do well, but not too well? Because if you do well, then what does that make me look like? But somebody who's real comfortable in their own skin, they want the pupil to become the what? The master. Right? The master. They lift them up. It's awesome. It's so awesome. But somebody that has envy, they want to see that other person fall. Right? Rather than celebrating their accomplishment. That's awesome, man. That's great you got a summer home. That's great that you retired early. That's great that you're so good looking. That's awesome. But that takes somebody that's really comfortable here that knows their identity in Christ, in the figure of Jesus Christ. Because if that's the case, and what St. Paul says is really true, when he says that we're one body in Christ, so when one succeeds, we all succeed. You know, in, in, the, in the spring of 1816, in Switzerland, does anybody remember the poets? You remember studying the poets Lord Byron and Shelley? You remember that from sophomore year? These romantic poets along with uh, Yeats and Keats and Coleridge, these guys. So Shelley and Byron, they spent the spring of 1816 on this lake in Switzerland. And Mary Shelley, Shelley's wife, was there along with her sister. So the four of them were on this lake. It was beautiful. It was cold that spring, so they, every night they would gather around the fire. And as they were gathered around the fire, they would tell ghost stories. So Lord Byron raises his hand and he says, I got a great idea. Everybody, they were all writers. He said, everybody spend the next two weeks writing a ghost story. And then we'll come back and we'll say, which one's better? Good idea, Byron. That's what they do. So Byron writes about vampires. And, you know, Shelley's off writing. And Mary Shelley, she had gone through an amazing, horrible, horrible difficult, difficult life. She lost her mom. Her other sister took her own life. She lost two children. And about a year after this, sum this spring, her own husband, Shelley, would die by drowning. And this woman knew tragedy. So you can imagine death is on her mind, right? And so she goes out one morning and she's looking at the lake and she sees the ripples on the lake 
and she has this idea for Frankenstein. She spends the next week writing the story Frankenstein, which many of you have read. You can imagine it just exploded, right? It goes all over the world. She gets all this international attention. And Mary Shelley was an introvert. She didn't like this attention at all. So she has this one friend named Jane Williams. And she's confiding all this, her heart to Jane. You know, all this stuff, right? But she noticed over time that Jane Williams was getting more and more passive-aggressive, taking little jabs at her, getting more and more threatened by her best friend. Until finally one day, Mary Shelley wakes up, she looks in the paper, and there Jane Williams had done an interview with someone, and everything that Mary had shared with her best friend was in the paper right there for everybody to read. Towards the end of her life, Jane Williams admitted that she was like ridden with envy for her best friend, especially because she was attracted to her husband. And Mary Shelley said this, the whole episode taught her so much about how very insidious envy can be. Because it's not here. When people have envy and jealousy, it's not something here where you can see it and say, you know what, that's bad, that's bad. With envy, you know what it is? It's subtle. It's this little voice in the brain whispering from the side, right? Just a slight whisper. And you think, yeah, yeah, I need that attention. I mean, if people really appreciate my greatness, right, that should be me. So you can't see it, right? It's, it's a flank. It's, Satan always prefers this. Always. Envy is the religion of those who are not comfortable with themselves, and it will leave far more wrinkles on our cheeks than age will. And it make you age quick. It really will. Just two humble pieces of advice if you don't mind, if, if this has ever been one of your struggles, and I think most of us have been there. Number one, we need to remember to stay close to those you envy because you will realize there's nothing to envy from those you're close to. I'll say that again. When you stay close to those you envy, you realize there's nothing to envy from those you're close to. What does that mean? It means that when you get close to these people that you're jealous of and envious of, you realize, my heavens, their life is a wreck too. <laughs> right? Like, I thought I was the only one with a dumpster fire. Like, wow, really? I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing kind of good. Huh. And the whole time, they're, of course, envying you. <laughs> if you stay close to those you envy, you realize there's nothing to envy from those you're close to. Number two, if you ever feel jealousy and envy, it should be a big dee, 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 red light saying, wait a minute, no, 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 no. I need to focus here has nothing to do with that person. I need to put my attention right here. You want to sum it up in four words? Here you go. 
Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Because if you're like me, if you're like Father Ben, what will happen is you're doing fine, everything's going great, you know, I got this Jesus, I got this Jesus, and about two weeks later you start doing this, going down a mental rabbit hole. You're like, nope. You're doing great, doing great, doing great. Two weeks after that you're going, nope. It's subtle. It's a flank. It's bait. It's nothing but bait. Don't take the bait. I'll close with this. You know, I read a statistic the other day that I thought was really interesting. Um, Did you know that there's been over 40,000 books that have been written on President Kennedy and the Kennedys? 40,000 books on JFK. I mean, I didn't know there's that much to say. My heavens. It's incredible. I mean, Americans are obsessed with Kennedy. I mean, why would they be so obsessed with with this guy? Well, think about it. Good-looking, went to Harvard, brilliant, powerful, got plenty of money, and by the way, he's married to a drop-dead gorgeous wife. So you can imagine people are, they can't get enough of this story, right? Oh, and by the way, how did he die? So they just recycle it over and over again. But you know, one of the things before he died, JFK confided in his brother, brother Bobby and said that he felt intensely the envy and the jealousy of other people. He said it deeply wounded him because it would come from people that he was close to in his own family. So Americans kind of lifted him up as this otherworldly messiah of sorts. Raise your hand. How many people here remember the Bay of Pigs scandal? The Bay of Pigs. Okay, some of us. So if you're not familiar with the Bay of Pigs, that happened in April of 1961. So Bay of Pigs, basically what this was is Kennedy green-lighted the CIA to try to overthrow Castro in Cuba. Okay, well the whole thing, the whole thing melted, fell flat. It was a total train wreck. And so what do you think he did? Those of you that lived through this, I think you'll testify. In our own day, many politicians, when something like that would happen, they would blame their subordinates. I had, no, <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. It was him. Right? But Kennedy, in spite of his flaws, he goes in front of the cameras and he said, my fault. I did it. My fault. He owned it. He owned it. You know what happened? In our own day, the PR machine would be spinning this. How can we blame this on somebody else? You know what happened with his approval rating? (sighs) Through the roof. Through the roof. What was a potential disaster actually was a huge blessing in some ways. In more than one ways, because the following year when we went through the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was good prep for him mentally. So he turned it on his head. You know why people loved him after that? Because of this reason. They realized that he was human. He makes mistakes just like me. Thus we have the expression, brothers and sisters, stay close to those you envy 
and you will realize there's nothing to envy from those you're close to. We all put our pants on like everybody else. They brush their teeth like everybody else. They have the same problems like everybody else, and they may be good at hiding it. What is the anti-venom to envy? Empathy. Oh my gosh. Good for you, my friend. Good for you. You succeeded where I have spent years trying to get to, and you did it overnight. It's awesome. Somebody comfortable in their own skin. <laughs> 